everybody. Welcome back to Small Talk Japan. On this show, we talk about all things Japan in English. Today, we got a great show for you today. We're going to talk about how Japan is totally reopening. Is it really? 100% totally. No caveats. Nothing at all. Asterisk, asterisk, asterisk. Nice. There's a lot of caveats. There's a, we'll talk about those. Uh, we're going to talk about how the child population in Japan has plummeted. Yeah. There's no kids at all. Have you seen that movie, Children of Men, yet? I have not. You got to watch that movie. And finally, we're going to reveal why Gigi stops talking to Kiki at the end of the movie. Roll that intro. So while we're talking, you know, I just want to, I want to bring up something. So like every freaking time I go out and drink with my friends in Japan, yeah. which is basically every day because that's all I really do. Right. Without fail, there's always someone commenting about or touching my junk. I see. What the hell? This happens to you too. Okay, I was going to ask you are these people Japanese people or foreign people? Mostly? Always Japanese. Always Japanese. I only, I only drink with Japanese people. I, like, I think the only foreign people that I hang out with are my staff. And even your staff, you're not really hanging out with recently. <laughs> I just because it's not. I think ever since the, the pandemic, it's like we haven't really had like foreign people like get-togethers, right? And so everybody just kind of like got in their little niches, and then my niche is like the the Temonkan area, like bar and restaurant owner people, right? So I'm always hanging out with them. So I never hang out with English-speaking people anymore in my private life. But anyway, yeah, they're always oh, and thing is, is like. I've had, I've just had straight up like a girl and a girl that I thought I'm not, I'm not going to give too much information about this. A girl that I thought was not straight. <laughs> okay. Just straight put her hands in my pants and grabbed my crap once when I was like at a bar. And I was, I didn't know I was shocked. I didn't know what to do. Maybe she was worried. Like she saw something moving around. Like there's a snake in your pants. <laughs> there's a snake in my boots. <laughs> and so it just happened so many times and I'm just like, why does it happen? So is this never, I don't remember this ever happening in, in America, but this happens all the freaking time here. And it happens to you too. Yeah, it happens to me too. But usually for me, it's uh, older Japanese. Men. I say usually it's always older Japanese men for me. Yeah, it's Japanese guys when they, not all of them, but some of them, when they get drunk, they get kind of. Yeah, I think that is just kind of part of the culture, right? In Japan, like. like Give yourselves a feel. Yeah, like. Like in America, like we slap each other on the butts after like a sporting. That's event, not right? okay anymore. I think that's like sexual harassment or okay. something. Okay. Well, in Japan, did you see like, that 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 baseball clip of the of the umpire just like massaging the the pitcher's hand and just like staring at him? No. Okay. <laughs> All of you guys at home, if you haven't seen this, just look it up on on YouTube. Basically, like the, the umpires check the pitchers now to see if they're having like oh, any sticky right, stuff right, on their hands right. or whatever, and it's just usually a second. They just like feel their hands is done, but for whatever reason. Like this umpire was just like looking at this baseball dude and he just like pitcher guy. He was just like massaging his hand for this incredibly uncomfortably long amount of time. Maybe he had some money on the game and he's like, I got to loosen up his. Because they, they were kind of fighting before that because he was calling like strikes or whatever. I don't know anything about baseball. But anyway, yeah, getting back to the to the to the dick touching stuff. Let's just get all the words in the show. So they just like, you know, demonetize us. I don't understand what this is. Like, I don't go out and like touch people. And I really don't like it when people that I don't have, I've not consented to, to touch me. You know this about me, right? Yeah. If it's somebody that is cool, like I'm friends or whatever, it's cool. That's fine. But people who I don't really know that well, or like who I don't really like, if they touch me, it's like, stop. Yeah. But it's always dick. Why? What's the, what's the, what is it? 
I like I was saying, I think it is kind of like a Japanese culture kind of thing. Like when people get very friendly with each other, they do get a little handsy. Yeah. Yeah. So this is this corporate culture, right? That is n- incompatible with female workers. Yeah. Because they, I mean, they're getting better now, but in past, like you'd have like one or two female workers in a drinks party and like the guys get all dick touching. Yeah. <laughs> and like, you know, they put the necktie around the forehead. Yeah. That, that's when you know you got to go. That's when you know it's like, this is just going to go to hell from right from this point forward. You know, when the shot show, when the CEO puts a, puts his necktie on his head. Anyway, and so like in that situation, the girls would just get molested. Anyway, yesterday I got so molested by like five people. And I was just like, why? And every time it happened, I mentioned it to everybody in, in, in that was present. I was like, why did this just happen? And it happened so many times. I don't understand this. Maybe they were taking that as like an invitation. You were like, oh, somebody just touched me. And then everyone else. That's was not like, how I said it, though. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure that's not how I said it. <laughs> anyway, guys, let's get to the news. Uh, so first of all, we're going to talk about how Japan is totally open forever. Yes. No, it's not really. I mean, kind of, kind of. I mean, it, it's it's kind of getting there. So here, I'll just, I'll read it to you. Okay, so here it goes. Prime Minister Fumio Kishida said during his visit to, to London on Thursday, so he can go, but we, and whatever, uh, that Japan will review its COVID-19 measures in stages after consulting with public health experts and bring them on par with other group of seven nations. The government currently allows up to 10,000 people a day to enter Japan, but visitors are limited to business people, technical interns, and students, and people, family members, and stuff like that we talked about last time. But... There's another one. Here it is. Okay. So this is another article and it says the 22 trillion yen question. It's apparently how much foreign tourism brings into the country. How much is that in dollars? Take off two zero. So 200 billion. That's a lot of money. Yeah. It's not, it's not little, especially for Japan, whose GDP is from the 1990s. Oh, we'll survive, guys. We'll be strong. Okay, uh, we are aware that the cross-border travel is is essential for Japanese economic activities. Chief Cabinet uh, Secretary Hirokazu Matsuno said in a news conference on Thursday, we will make appropriate decisions taking into consideration quarantine and testing capacity at airports, uh, whether the virus is spreading at home and abroad, and the border and entry restrictions in other countries. I forgot the list. Uh, Alex said it on the on, I think on a previous show. It's like Japan, I think a place called Tunisia, which I cannot tell you where it is where it is, and another country that I didn't know was a country until he said the word. Mm-hmm. That's the only people that are, still have closed borders from the pandemic. Everybody else is open. That's crazy. Yeah. So, twenty-two trillion yen, guys. Remember, your GDP is from the nineteen nineties. Okay. No, I mean, like, it, I went to Tokyo, right? I went to Tokyo for a couple of days, and it was like there were a lot of foreign people, but they were like probably residents, right? And like maybe fifty percent of them had their masks on. So it's like what Alex keeps saying: it's like once the tourists tourists come in. How do you enforce the mask stuff? And then we actually have a story about this. So where is it? Where are we? Here we go. It's a, this is another story. It's a debate on relaxing mask requirement after uh, uh, starting in Japan. So on April 20th, Toshio Nakagawa, president of the Japan Medical Association, spoke up for uh, for the, the current policy at a press conference saying, I don't expect the day will come in Japan when people will remove their masks in a life with COVID-19. How do you feel about that? 
Well, I mean, like, what is the definition of living with COVID-19? Is that like for the rest of our lives or in the future generations? Just everyone in Japan is going to always wear masks forever? So the comments on this on Reddit, where I found this article, were really interesting. They were, they were kind of hot takes on it. But the reason why I think mask wearing in Japan is persisting, even today, like I'm usually wearing a mask if I'm in a public place. Um, but it's persisting because it was never enforced. Right. There was no law. There was no rule. Nothing. Some, you know, elderly men, some, some wise, wise men stood in front of the news and said, everybody wear a mask. And everybody just wore a mask. A hundred percent. Like, I mean, during the pandemic, when you saw a person out in the streets without a mask on, everyone assumed he was just a crazy person. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean, right? Like, like even now, for the most part, if I'm outside and I see someone not wearing a mask, I'm you like, think they're dirty or bad, right? Uh, I wouldn't like, say that, that dirty. guy must be a gangster or he doesn't care about society. Yeah, I, I usually do think like it's probably someone who just doesn't care about other people. So here's the thing. Okay, here's the thing. In America, they forced it. They yeah. made it the, the law so you couldn't enter places. And Americans being Americans being Americans, they were like, I'm going to stand up to this law because whatever. Yeah, they're all the like weird like things that uh, Americans did, like cut a hole in the mask. Or they, they made those stupid cards. They're like, here's my excuse. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck is this? Get out of here. And like, I love the argument. I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not pro or anti-mask. I'm just pro-science. Okay. So we know that the mask like cut, you know, spread. And during the pandemic, when the hospitals were overflowing, it was a good idea to wear a mask. Now, you know, it's up to the individual to make the decision. And, right. uh, and uh, But... I love the arguments when they're going into the stores and they're like, this is a public place and I have a right to exist without a master or something. And like, they're, these are all the, the right wingers, right? Who believe in like the power of business to make the decisions for themselves. And like all these businesses like Walmart, they're like the old lady, the, the greeter at Walmart. It's like, um, excuse me, this is a private business. Yeah. Like we can just 86 you and you're gone. It's like, oh, I have rights. Like your rights don't extend to our private business, asshole. <laughs> right. Anyway, so it was never enforced here. So everybody just adopted it. Well, I mean, it was also uh, the culture existed from oh, yeah. the Spanish flu, right? Yeah, from the Spanish flu. I mean, you'd get on it. I mean, it kind of makes sense here because you get it. You know what I mean? You get on it. We used to do this without masks. You get on a train in Tokyo. Everybody's just breathing into your face. Yeah. Like thinking back now, I can't believe I used to ride that train every single day. Just guys, my, my face would literally be pressed up yeah, against other guys, people. They push you into the train. Like they push you into the train. And so you literally, you literally during rush hour, don't, if you're a tourist, just don't commute during these hours. There's only like two, three, two hours a day that this happens, but they would push you in and you would literally, and I always felt bad. And it was like a girl next to me, you know? Yeah. Cause you're like full on body molesting the people around you. There's, oh, there's, yeah. you can't, it's like a mosh pit in a concert. I, I would always like ride the train with my hands up. Oh yeah. Just to make sure there's like no, like what's the word I'm forgetting. English. No, like mistake that someone might think, Oh, I'm being molested by this foreign guy. Uh, it's like, Nope, Nope. My hands are up. I'm yeah, there's there's, there's, there's no mistake. Yeah, there's no mistake. Yeah, because that, that is a, that is actually a, a a crime that exists here. You know, because the it the anonymity of the train system is just. I mean, when you service 13 million people a day, mm -hmm. how the fuck are they going to find you after you do something like that? Right. So I mean, what what's happening now? And I and these girls and fucking nice and good on you. What happens now is like girls will, especially school girls, will ride in a group. And then if, if anything happens and they'll all like go after the guy and make sure he doesn't get away until like somebody arrests him. Yeah. I've seen videos where like they're chasing down a guy 
after he molested a girl and yeah. then like some random passerby trips the guy. It doesn't help that there's also an entire genre of porn that revolves around this exact thing. Yeah, that is a thing in Japan. It's like a category of porn in Japan. It's like, you know, bus or like subway molestation. And then they wonder like, I mean, I guess if you, if it's like, like, you know, porn. So it's like consenting adults. Yeah. It's just entertainment. It's not yeah. actually doing anything bad to people. But probably people that aren't entirely there mentally might see that and think that like oh i really want to do this thing now then that goes on to the huge debate about well you know is art imitating life or is life imitating art and then are the artists like responsible i mean because you know columbine happened right after matrix came out Mm. right and so everybody was like you know is keanu reeves responsible for that you know what i mean i don't think he is but you know so it's it's hard you know that's a it's a hard there's no, I don't think there's really an answer to that, but I, I don't like the idea of censorship. I mean, obviously, some censorship is, is important. Right. But I don't like the idea of, like, censoring people based on, like, supposed connections to right. real life stuff. Like, that's hard. Maybe they should test it by making a new genre of porn called, like, charity porn. Where they're, like, <laughs> it's like they're having sex, but it's, like, all for charity. Uh, and see, like, how many people start donating to charity. Just, like, watch the charities. Yeah. Like, see if they just, like, go yeah. bananas. Yeah, I don't know. It's 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 interesting. But I mean, like, what was the four chan rule? Like, if it exists, there's porn of it. That's it's one like of the rules rule of the rule forty two or something. Like that. rules of the internet, yeah, and it's yeah. true. Like, there is porn of everything. Like, if you imagine it, there's probably somebody who's done it. But whatever. So anyway, what the hell are we talking about? I don't know. How do we get here? <laughs> oh, we were talking about the trains, right? So like, oh, remember yeah. when we were on the trains and like we were just being crammed in there and just like breathing with people? Yeah, the first time I ever rode a uh, rush hour. Uh, in Tokyo I didn't realize that everybody turns towards the door when Mm -hmm. they get on so I just got on and I was like literally face to face with some old guy because like I I just like looked the way that I walked in I was like oh I realize now everybody turns towards the door in my uh, university psychology class the the professor said because that's a good introduction to psychology right and he starts talking about like norms and like one of the things he said is like I want you to get, get in an elevator stand in the very front and turn around and look at all the people like don't face the door face the people and just see how awkward it is for you and how awkward it is for everybody else and he's like and you've never thought about that like when you get in the elevator everybody faces forward yeah that's true you never ever thought about that and the second i i thought about it i was like whoa i never thought about it he's like people in america when you walk on the street when you walk on the sidewalk everybody walks on the right because the same side that we drive on in japan everybody walks on the left and Kagoshima, it's a little... Kagoshima people don't know how to walk. They're just like all <laughs> over the place. I can't... I hate... So I have, I have like a roadster speed bike Yeah. for Tenmo Cons, like this little downtown area. You can think of it as like, I don't know, like downtown Seattle, basically. Maybe even smaller. And like, literally, I will like zip through people. And then Natsuki is usually on the show. She's like, do you have bicycle insurance? It's like, what the hell is that? Yeah. I mean, it's a big thing in Japan. So then I learned that like some dude like hit an old lady and like got sued for like ninety thousand dollars. Yeah. And I was like, and I called up my staff. I was like, "Hey, staff person, can you get me bicycle insurance?" <laughs> it's like three hundred yen a, a month. It's great. Yeah. But I, I have that now. But I I actually had an accident once with an old lady a long long time ago, and it wasn't necessarily my fault, but it was kind of my fault. I was just riding my bike down the street. Okay. And I stood up on it for some reason. I don't know why. I wasn't even going that fast. I just stood up on it. So I was gigantic. I was like maybe 11 feet tall or something crazy. Okay. <laughs> and so like. How tall is your bike? <laughs> <laughs> and there was this lady that was walking out of a store. Uh-huh. And she was looking at me and not looking where she was going. 
and like the store had like a step down coming out and so she fell down and i felt really really bad and everybody came and crowded around trying to help her and everything and they're like like one of the 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 witnesses told me killed skete now but i was like but i you didn't hit her I was I was good like maybe three meters away from her, four meters away from her. So like I was like I don't understand how I'm in fault for this, but I will kill Skitter. Kill Skitter means uh, kill Skitter means be careful. Right. I was like okay, but I felt really bad about that for like a week. I think I didn't even ride my bicycle for like a week after that because I felt really bad. But I think she's okay. I mean, I didn't get sued, so. Yeah, and you're easy to find. Like if, yeah, if they really? were like, <laughs> it was the big blonde guy who was 11 feet tall on a bicycle that like guy. it's probably just you. So, i mean like our our business has like my smiling stupid face in front of it so like yeah it's pretty easy to find me yeah but anyway yeah so like getting back to the mask thing okay so like i think that japanese people will continue to wear masks and i think that it'll probably be like a 50 50 point at some point it'll probably like 50 50 mm-hmm. where like all the kids will just continue to wear a mask as their parents tell them to but like the uh, the uh, adults, like our age, will probably slowly. St- I mean, they're doing it now. They're slowly giving up on it. And then I think by maybe middle summer, when it gets really hot and mucky, you can see like maybe thirty percent or forty percent removing their masks. Yeah, I think that is my one complaint about the mask is like it gets really hot and sweaty mm. in the mask. I think people might still mask at indoor gatherings, mm. but I think that. You know, and you see it now when you go out. It's like, it's so cute. Like, everybody sits down at the table and they're all talking to each other and drinking and everything. And then they put on their mask and go to the toilet. Yeah. I mean, I get it. I get it. Okay, I get it. There is a little bit. I mean, this is a numbers game, right? So, like, there's a little bit of protection in that. Right. Right. But And so, like, if you do that across the population of, you know, 130 million people, that could lead up to some super big number. Right. But it's just, every time I see it, I mean, I do it too. I, I participate because it's, it's etiquette at this point. But it's just so funny. I also love the uh, close the toilet lid before you flush the toilet to prevent coronavirus spread signs everywhere. Well, I mean, I did that before anyways, just because some toilets will like splash the toilet water out. No, no, I'm not talking about what I do or don't do. I just think it's funny that yeah. it's in front of every toilet now. I, I'm happy that there's that. these new signs that it's all like otokomae wa. I forgot what it means. I forgot the word is for like sitting down and peeing, but it's like if you're a if you're a handsome oh handsome guy, sit down to pee. It's like the new sign. I guess I'm a handsome man. You sit down to pee. It depends on the settings. If it's in public, I stand up to pee. Okay. But if it's at home and like it's the morning and I'm tired, like I'll sit down and like look at my phone while I pee. No, I can understand that. And so I was actually I did a survey of like some of my younger male friends. I was like, in, in, they're in their twenties, right? And they're Japanese. And I was like, okay, do you guys stand up or sit down to pee? Because we're talking about all the very clean things today. And then and they were like, they they both said they sit down. And I was like, what? And I started asking the moms. I was like, do the teachers teach the kids to like sit down and pee? Like, do they say all the time they sit down, or just at home? I think all the time. Yeah, I I n- never sit down to pee in public just because like. I don't want to touch anything. The weirdest thing that I find is that public toilets have like the washlet. Like it's basically like a, a spray of water for your butt. And yeah. also if you're a girl for the other one as well. It's a bidet, right? Yeah, bidet. But I would never think, I don't think it's hygienic at all to use those publicly. No. Oh God, no. Right? That's so gross. Right? And like what kind of cleaning does actually get? Probably nothing. Well, I think the really expensive ones, they, after every use, they... They just spray like water. Some kind they of they drizzle, not not disinfectant. No, 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 no. The high tech ones they have like a, a separate thing that like does a three sixty spray of uh disinfectant. 
Oh, that, but that's not in, that's not on the nozzle though. That's just in the the bowl area, right? I don't know, dude. They, there are some really crazy, like technologically advanced toilets here. Like I remember there was this uh, highball. That's not English. That's not English. <laughs> Throw back to <laughs> throw back series. to my TikTok. Oh, my TikTok's got thirty thousand followers, and I'm not doing anything with it. Uh, uh, what is highball in English? Whiskey, whiskey soda. soda? Okay. Anyway, there's this whiskey soda bar was it's demolished now and i remember i walked into the toilet and it just activated it all turned on and like it's it i don't know maybe it knew it was guy or something i don't know it like the the toilet bowl cover came up and the and the seat came up and it sprayed the disinfectant and like it turned on all these fans and stuff and there was like the music started playing what is that called it's called the hime oto music oh, yeah, yeah, yeah right but it wasn't music it was uh it was running water with chirping birds oh yeah that's my favorite that's my favorite <laughs> And all this stuff was just like, I just looked at, I was kind of drunk too. I was just like, where am I? And then you, you know what you do in Japan? Cause you know, we spend a lot of time away from our homes. It's like, you just make a little pin in your brain. You're like, if I ever have to use a toilet, yeah. come back here. Yeah. There's actually an app for that. I've talked about this before. Yeah. There's an app. Some, some otaku made like an app and shows up. Yeah. Do I want to talk about more? Anyway. So anyway, let's go back to the, the tourist thing. So, so I think that if a bunch of tourists come in here from other cultures where they don't do the mask thing and mm-hmm. maybe like in America, cause like Americans, like the mask thing is now political, which oh right. God, is so stupid. You know, it's not anyway. So they might be offended right. by mask wearing or something like that. So that's a concern. And so this, this one of these, this article, I think I threw on the ground, it keeps talking about like, will foreign people wear masks? And I don't think they will. Well, I mean, with such a few like foreign people in Japan, it's weird that Yoshinoya, the chain Yoshinoya, refused to let a foreign student. No, no, no wait, wait. We got to start off with Yoshinoya has been on the news twice now. Okay, they got in the news a couple weeks ago because one of their executives stood up and said in front of a bunch of college students oh, yeah. that they want they want to attract women to Yoshinoya is like a rice it's bowl a beef. Fat, Bowl fast food shop, fast food restaurant. They have it in America and other places too, I think. But anyway, the one of these executives stood up in front of a bunch of kids and said, "We want because they want, want to target female customers because most of their customers are male." Um, and he's like, "We want to attract women customers like you attract countryside girls to the city and addict them to heroin." Yes, yes. And like, and he and he didn't do this once. He did this on multiple occasions, yeah, several times through his lecture. And it's like, and so he got fired. And then, you oh, know, did he actually get fired? He got fired. They oh, canned nice. his ass. And then, so like, so they they were in the news for that, right? And yeah. then, like, here we are two weeks later, and Yoshinoya is being racist. So, anyways, tell us what happened. So Yoshinoya chain refused to let foreign student attend a recruitment event. So the Yoshinoya Gyudon or beef bowl restaurant chain refused to let a university student to attend a recruitment event after assuming the student was a foreign national An official at the chain holding company said on Friday. So uh, they basically told this student like, oh yeah, it's going to be hard for us to get you a visa, which is probably why you're like wanting to work here. So yeah, you're not allowed into the event. But later on Twitter uh, or on social media, it says, the student posted about it uh, in a tweet uh, that said that he or she is a Japanese national. So they weren't even a foreigner and they just assumed this person's uh, I, nationality. Yeah, so there's, okay. There is some, probably this person is mixed 
is what I what my feeling on this is. Or one of the uh, there are some people in uh, Japan who are Japanese nationals that don't have any Japanese blood in them. Right. So so this person might be software 100% Japanese. Right. Hardware something else. Right. And so that's where the name probably comes from. Because like I know a lot of mixed couples who have kids who have like, you know, uh, you know, like a an English name with like a Japanese last name or something like that. Right. Or some some variation of that. Like me. So yeah, like you. And so but they're in the case of when the the kids have like two English names or something like that and they're just raised in Japan. Mm-hmm. I've seen kids like this and they're like you look at them, they look half, they only speak Japanese. They're hundred mm-hmm. percent software is just Japanese. But like they have this kind of mixed name and so it's 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 kind of a, it's, it's an understandable mistake, but it's also shitty for these kids. I'm just assuming that this kid, this person is mixed. Okay. Oh. Um, but you know, I had a, there's a, I had a friend who, uh, was black, but born in Japan mm-hmm. and everywhere he went, it's just like, it's just like, I don't speak English. And he's like, I don't speak English either. Yeah. <laughs> like, what a coincidence. <laughs> yeah. But like everybody's assumed that he's foreign yeah. because he doesn't look the part and so that's one of the confusing things that happens in this country when you have you know your language the, pe- the, ethnic- the ethnicity and the country is all the same right you know so there's very few countries around the world that are like that but here it's like that like even in japan they for the most part they don't differentiate between uh nationality and ethnicity right yeah so like i've had th- this conversation with several people like oh what's their ethnicity and or like I think we're talking about American people and like oh they are American but their ethnicity is like German and whatever well no it's always funny when they're like well you know so and so is half half what Japanese and American I'm like Native American yeah Yeah, (laughs) yeah, I I think that might have been the the talk like I said like I'm American but my ethnicity is Japanese and uh, I think German and Scottish and then they were like wait, your mom's from Germany? And like, no, she's from America. It's like, oh, so you're American. Like, no, my blood isn't American blood. Well, because a lot of, a lot of Japanese people assume that white people are American. Yeah. Like if you're, if you're cause like uh, one of my, our friends, Dan, everyone, like he'd walk around and people just, cause he's from England. Yeah. They're like, what part of America are you from? He's like the not America part. The before America, <laughs> America. <laughs> so yeah, it is, it is a thing. And I, I can see it, it. I see it being a thing because of our media influencing them. Yeah. You know, cause like historically, like every single Japanese person that, that's in their thirties has seen full house. Every one of them. Right. And so that they just look at that and they're like, oh, that's America. Yeah. These people are American. Right. Right. <clears throat> so anyway, but yeah, that is anyway. So this is one of those situations where it's just kind of like they should have just called the fucker and said, hey, do you speak Japanese? Because this is a Japanese requirement job. Well, it says that they were re- uh, refused entry to the event. So I assume they showed up to the event and they were told like, hey, you're, you can't come in. Yeah, it's I don't know. Which that, like at that point, I don't know. That's pretty messed up. Yeah, I mean, this stuff, like, gets to you guys, you have these. To me, like, if I show up to an event and people just, like, go, oh, my God, it's a guy gene, I just, like, wait. (laughs) It's just, like, it's, like, you know, when your computer, like, hangs for a minute, it just wait until, like, they figure out that it's going to be okay, and then it just is fine. But it does happen. Yeah, I I guess it's just a little annoying, like, like, I don't know, like, I don't really get too much of, like, the good foreign side of it, like, I people 
sometimes treat foreigners better or nicer and stuff like that. Yeah. A lot of times I just get kind of like the bad sides of it, I guess is why it kind of annoys me so much. So like Japanese people are usually pretty strict with other Japanese people. And so like if you're a foreigner, they'll just be like, oh, he doesn't get it. So we'll just help him through it. Yeah. But like with Havis or people who like Hayato, for example, who's even he's a quarter white and three quarters Japanese. Right. With people like them, they're like, you should know how to do this because you're mostly Japanese. Yeah. So they get all Japanese mode on you guys. Yeah. So like, it's nice having a Japanese name. Yeah. But at the same time, like I do run into situations where like people speak to me like full on Kago and like, I'm like, oh, can you speak a little bit like easier in uh, Japanese for me? Cause like, I don't really understand these things. And they're just like, no, <laughs> I'm like, okay, <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Let's, let's painfully walk through this process that should have taken five minutes, but now it's going to take an hour. First time I had a meeting, this is like 12, 13 years ago. First time I had a meeting with our way in the past uh, tax man. He's like, he went to a pretty good university. He was a very smart guy. And he just like sat me down. He's like, okay, Mitch, listen, I have translated all these words, except for the words that don't have any English words. And so we're going to go through this together. I'm like, hit me with it. And he's like, see these three kanji? This is this kind of tax, but there's no English word for it. I'm like, great, great, great. So <laughs> fake shit that I have to pay taxes for. But anyway, yeah, it was, it, it was an adventure, but we got through it. And then now it's great. Cause I just like, I have staff who take care of it. Right. Like the financial advisors, they tell me what I should do. I don't, I don't decide anything about that. I'm like, what should I do? That sounds good. Let's do that. <laughs> Cause like, I don't, I mean like I make the big decisions, like the course correction and stuff like that, but the, all those little things, I'm just like, I don't know. I'm not going to read the law on this. Like the yeah. law just looks like Chinese. Like, no, <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's get on to uh, this really interesting uh, one. Ch Japan's child population falls for the 41st year, record low amid pandemic. So a lot of my friends had pandemic babies in America. Did you have any friends that had? Yeah, a lot of my friends in the past year have had babies. But for some reason, the number of children aged 14 or younger, including foreigners, so that includes our babies, uh, stood at 14.65 million as of April 1st, down about 250,000 from a year earlier and the lowest figure since 1950 when comparable data became available. But, like, it is, uh, what do you call it? A lot of our friends have had babies in recent years, but if you look at all of those couples, majority of them are having their first baby or their second baby. Like, I don't know anyone that's having their third baby or fourth baby. Oh no. And so, okay. So we have a skewed perception of kids in Japan because we have a school where hundreds of kids visit every day. Right. Yeah. Um, those kids, if you look at the parents and you go, what do you do? You'll find doctor, mm -hmm. doctor, mm -hmm. doctor, public worker, doctor, lawyer. I mean, so we get a slice of the population of the well-off to doers. Right. Okay. And sometimes those people will have two, three, four kids. Yeah. But anybody that you know, that's a working normal, you know, has a normal job that gets paid like, like middle, lower or middle class salary. They have zero, one or two kids. Yeah. Two, even two is like very rare. Right. So in my case, I mean, like, here's an example. I'm going to be 40 and I have zero kids. Okay. That you know of. No, I'm pretty sure I have zero kids. I know all the people afterwards, so they, they had a secret pregnancy. That would have been very crazy. That okay. would have been like a... We'd have to go on the Maury Povich show and be like, hey, who's the father? You are the real father. Do you okay. know what I'm talking so, about? Yeah, I do. Okay. So you have zero kids. Zero kids. Uh, my younger brother, he's a, a few years younger than me. Zero kids. Yeah. Living here in, in Kagoshima. You, 20, uh, 30, how old are you now? I turned 30 in July. Still zero kids. Yep. Okay. 
uh, if you look at, you know, how many other people around us are just exactly like that with zero kids. The VP of our school, zero kids. She's almost, she's going to be, she's almost my age. Yeah. Even the, what do you call it? Out of our current staff, we have two people that are pregnant yeah. with their first, first kid. First kids. So, yeah. like And, even and one of them is, is marrying a doctor. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay, so. Yeah, and all of my friends that have kids, they have one kid and one of our friends, Hayato, he has two kids. So, if you look at it, okay, the only time that you really see ch children happening is when the, the, the couple live in the countryside. Yeah. Um, and where it's cheap to live and, and the husband has an out of proportion job or something like that. Or maybe they, they've like, you know, inherited wealth or something like that. Otherwise, you just don't see a lot of kids. Or if they do have kids, they don't do... So if you have one child or even two child children, that's not population replenishing levels. You have right. to have at least 2.3 or something like that, whatever the data is. Ooh. So that means you need to have four, uh, three kids yeah. to, to keep up the population. Okay. So since most people are having no kids or one kid or maybe two kids, but I, th I think I just described like 99% of all Japanese is zero, one, or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, then the the population will shrink like it is two hundred fifty thousand people a year, right? And so, you know, and, and it and it's just simply due. It's not because you know you see all these news reports about you know Japanese don't have sex or you know lowest sex libido in the world or whatever. It's not that. Okay, that is actually happening. But that's all a symptom of the problem of what is the GDP of this country. Mm. Because the economy is continuing to stay flat, people having to work longer hours with less people around, right? Because the population is shrinking. So people are working more longer hours. So there's less time for people to sit around and have sex with each other and raise kids, right? And so you look at you look at America, for example, all, all the population booming areas are underprivileged poor people who have a lot of, you know, who, you know, just have the time for it one and then who probably don't have the resources for proper you know birth control or whatever so you see a lot of population increase in those areas you don't see a lot of once you get once you become ed educated so i mean i don't mean like going to university i mean once your country has an educated population yeah um once you become wealthy and then once you start getting hard working like like you know career people you start the the birth rate just goes away Europe is, is experiencing the same thing. Japan is ahead of Europe, but Europe is exp experiencing the same thing with, uh, without uh, immigration. European, many European countries would have uh, negative population growth. Does America have a positive growth right it's, now? It's, it is positive. It's still positive. Uh, it's not as like, if you look, you compare it to like the baby boom, it's nowhere near that. Yeah. But obviously America still has, you know, strong uh, immigration whether it's legal or not, it's still happening. Right. Um, and because of all the, I don't even want to get into this, the, the Supreme court leaked document that will send me off on a fucking crazy rant. I'm let's not going to do it. <laughs> not going to do it. But um, because of, let's just call it interesting ideas in that country. There's a lot of unwanted pregnancies, unfortunately. And so, you know, it's not smart population growth. And when I was a teacher in the United States and I, and I taught high school and, and, and other schools, um, when I was a substitute teacher, you could see the underprivileged kids and you could see like the neglect, like you could just see it in them. And then you go teach at the, the well off to do areas in Las Vegas. It's very, it's very black or white. Like you go to North Las Vegas. It is, well, if you keep going North and North and North till you get to the skirt of the city, then it's nice again. But old, old school North Las Vegas is very, very, you know, not a good area. 
Um, and you can actually look at a racial map of a lot of American cities and you can see where the crime is. is it's very much to do with ethnicity barriers and things like that, which there's a huge historical reason behind that, which I'm not going to get into. But you go teach in an area like that and you just look at the kids, and you can see the, the neglect because it's the, the resources just aren't there. Right. And then you go to a rich neighborhood and you just, the kids are just the same age kids and just completely different. And the things that they talk about, their aspirations and everything is completely different. So if you're, if you continue to, to raise a population of these neglected kids, those kids become adults at some point. Then they, you know, what do they do? They turn to crime. You know, they, 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 they do drugs and they, they, you know, they, they cause all these problems that the society then has to pay for. It's not free to put somebody in a jail cell. America has more people in jail than any other country in the world, bar none. I mean, that includes China and Russia. That's crazy. And it costs like what, 78, 85, something like that thousand dollars a year to put these people in prison. Right. And so that's who's paying for that. Right. And that comes out of the education pool. So that's not the problem here in Japan. The problem here in Japan is, is that the, the most of the people want to be responsible parents and raise their kids. They want to have, you know, the Lando Seru backpack that costs, you know, $2,000. You know, they want the kids to have a, a you know, a, a vacation in Disneyland every couple of years or something like that. And so they're very careful about the population growth and having babies. You know, it's, it's just a kind of a different culture, different thinking about the whole thing. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so you see just like, I mean, yes, there is positive population growth. There is, or at least non-negative population in, in America, but it's not what we want. Right. Right. We want, we want parents to be, we want parents to have kids when they intend to have kids, not surprise babies yeah. that get kind of neglected or raised by grandma or something like that. We don't, we don't want, you know, abandoned children and things like that. That's not what we want. Right. And we also want the, the parents to be old enough and, and have the stable enough career you know, and through having a stable uh, 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 economy. So the kids, the parents have the stability to, to have a home, raise the kids properly and things like that, right? And so that's kind of going away here in Japan as well because a permanent uh, employment is going away. Before, you know, you, you enter a company when you graduate at 22, graduate university, enter a company at 22 in, in April. Mm-hmm. Right. They all enter at the same month at the same time. Right. And you just work there until you retire at 60. It was before 60. I think it's 65 now or something, whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. And so like, you, and that's it. That was, that was your whole life in Japan. Like you just worked for the one company in America. Like they give you a gold watch. So like, congrats, dude, you retired, you know, kind of thing. That's not happening anymore. People are jumping jobs all the time. How many jobs have you had in your lifetime? I mean, this is the longest you've had a job. Yeah, This is the longest job I've ever had. Please don't fire me. I'm a, you're not fired. Okay. You're not fired. Let me see. I we don't have enough staff. I can't yeah. fire you. <laughs> Let's see. One, two, like full-time jobs, not part-time jobs. Just any job. How many any jobs? Any jobs? Do? Probably like seven, yeah. eight, maybe eight. And you started working for me at like, what, 24 or something like that? I, it was six years ago, so I was 23. Yeah. So, I mean, before 23, you had like, you know. Seven jobs. Seven jobs, right? Yeah. I mean, that's just, that's normal now. Yeah. Right. I mean, I just had to tell because I'm doing like we're doing a refinancing on our loan or whatever. So I was going through a meeting with the with the we're changing banks as well. Um, and I was going through a meeting with the bank guy who was enamored with me. Oh, I, this is, I don't want to talk about that. But anyway, he's like, where did you work before you became like the, the CEO of all this? And I was just like, what? I was like, I don't remember the last time I printed my resume. It was like the 90s or something. I mean, it was just like I was just like, what did I do before this? I had to find it in Dropbox. And it, what was it? It was an ALT before I did this, right? And then before that, I worked for Cirque du Soleil. <laughs> <laughs> 
So I was telling him, he's like, wait, you worked for Cirque du Soleil? I was like, oh yeah, I used to work for Cirque du Soleil. I forgot, about, I totally forgot about that. He's like, what did you do? I was like, I was kind of a minor character thing. All right, let's hear your British accent. Nope, not doing it. I was a British Royal Guard in the Las Vegas show Love. It's a Beatles music show, yeah. by the way. It is fucking amazing. You should totally see it. Drunk or high, it's amazing. It's great. I'll do drunk. Do drunk, whatever. It's it's amazing. And uh, the, uh, anyway, the, the, what was I saying? So I was telling him this stuff and he was like, he was like, you used to work for Cirque du Soleil. What did you say? Shirikto Sureyu in Japanese, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and I was explaining this to him. Anyway, this guy, and then like my Fukushacho Gyoga, she just left to go print something for like 15 minutes. I was just like talking to this guy. And he was just like, how was Vegas? How was all that? And I was explaining all this stuff to this. And he's just like, let's go out drinking together. I'm like, dude, you're supposed to be our banker. You're supposed to be like serious. But anyway, I don't know why I'm on this conversation. What am I talking about? Oh, work. Right. So work. Yeah. So work is disabled because, you know, 9-11 happened and, you know, 2008 happened and then the pandemic happened. It's like every 10 years. Yeah. Some all of these once in a lifetime problems that are happening all in our lifetime. Yeah. Right. And so then you just get this really unstable economy that i mean it's more stable here than it is in america america was crazy but like you know japan because it is kind of like an insular a little bit more insulated country uh but yeah lifetime employment is not a thing anymore but do you think that's a good thing or a bad thing because i there are a lot of benefits to having uh to not having lifetime employment so economists want america to stop the employer-based insurance thing that they do do, yeah. you, do you even know why that exists it's so stupid no so back in the day uh post-war america when we were like oh we spent a lot of money on the war so we need to tax the rich people to rebuild the country which wasn't a bad idea okay and so like the top tax bra- uh, brackets were like 90 percent of the rich people's income went to taxes could you imagine that 90 percent. 90 yeah yeah can you imagine that so anyway, so back in the day when taxes were like probably scaled properly compared to what they are now with Elon Musk buying Twitter and everything, um, they uh, they snuck in remuneration, like extra payment as a package deal by saying, we won't pay you more money. We'll give you medical insurance. Uh, yeah. Right. So it was a non-taxed part of their basically benefits package. Yeah. Right. And so that became adopted and then copied and then it just became a thing. Okay. Economists don't like that because what that, that creates an artificial boundary for people to quit their job. Uh, Right. So economists want to see people move freely through the economy. Right. So if you like, if you work in a Google and you want to work at, you want to start your own like startup the next day. You're going to give up all of your medical insurance if you're in America. You lose all your benefits. Everything. And so so economists want to to, to unmarry those two things. And it makes a lot of sense, right? Yeah. So that's one of the biggest... I don't want to get into the details of Canada's system or anything like that, but Japan's insurance system, I love. Yeah. Okay. My little brother, Tyler, came here. had a butt. He had... Because he didn't have dental in America. He came here. The second he got here, we put him in a dentist chair and he's got everything fixed. And it was like $4. Yeah, yeah, dentist is cheap. Yeah, dude. And like the medical system here is great. It's fantastic. If I needed MRI, well, I mean, yeah, it's kind of cheater mode because Japan makes MRI machines, which is so stupid. Why do we say MRI machines? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, wait, no, wait. MRI. No, no, that's, we need to say that's machine. Fine, right? That's fine. <laughs> ATM machine. That's what I don't saying. say ATM machines. Anyway, so MRI. So, so if I needed, a, I needed an MRI the, like a couple years ago, they're like, just walk this way and just put me right into it. Like, here you are, you're done. And that's, I've never, I mean, there are a lot of idiot doctors here. Not going to lie. There's some real, there's some choice 
you know, what's, uh, what's what's the joke what, what do you call what do you call the 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 least performing uh graduate of medical school i don't know doctor <laughs> yeah, yeah think about that anyway i've never had a problem with the medical once i found my doctors that i like and my dentist that i like i've never had a problem here yeah actually i had a not so great experience with my foot like after i got my foot cut up and stuff you mean when you cut your foot by kicking a food processor blade yes <laughs> but when i went to the doctor it wasn't great that was probably like the worst uh medical experience i've had recently like it wasn't terrible but it every time i went and i had to go like three different times to get it checked even though like it was fine uh every single time i scheduled a uh, time i waited for over an hour and then when I got to the area, they checked my identity about five times and the doctor wouldn't believe that I'm Morinaga Kenzo. He's like, you? He's like, he saw me. He's like, what's your name? Like, he wasn't even nice about it. He's like, Onamaiwa. I'm like, Morinaga Kenzo. And he's like, you're Morinaga? I'm like, yes. Your name's Kenzo? I'm like, yes. And he just like kept looking at the paper, looking at me. I pull out my ID. I'm like, hey, here, it's me. And he's like, oh, okay. And he did that every time I went. I was like, dude, what's wrong with you? Again, again, like you, the okay. So, as part of having a robust and very you know good medical system here, they they promote doctors. They 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 graduate a lot of doctors every year, and some of them suck. Yeah. <laughs> and so anyway, you just don't you go to those guys. You just find the good doctors and you just stick to your doctors. Yeah, our, our usual doctor, he's great. What are we gonna do when he retires? He's like eighty nine. He's he's healthy as shit. Yeah, yeah gonna, I'm actually really surprised to hear that he's 89. He's healthy as shit. Dude goes yachting every weekend. Well, he goes to a hospital every day, so I mean, he's pretty healthy. Oh no, the guy. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what he's gonna do. And the thing, because he was, he was kind of trained overseas a little bit, so he like understands that we. Okay, so here's the thing, guys. In Japan, they waste billions on kampo, which is Chinese medicine. Oh, I hate that. So it's also it's also known as magic because it's about the same thing they give you these like so you have a cold or something so they give you the actual real medicine that like fever reducer and stuff like that and then they give you a bunch of magical potions it's a it's a packet of a very bitter powder that you're supposed to like inhale somehow you like put it in your throat anyway and so that doesn't do anything and they have all this bullshit research behind it that says it does something and some of it actually some of it actually is proven to do and it's been adopted into western medicine but for the most part it's just garbage yeah, the one that my fiance took recently gave her like liver problems and she almost like died. <laughs> yeah, let's, yeah. Anyway, so I'm glad she didn't die. Yeah. But like, no, there's just so many like, that it's anyway, it's so re the, the medical system here is so robust that they can waste money like that <laughs> on magic. But anyway, if you ever go to the doctor here, just tell them I don't want Chinese medicine because it's not real. Yeah. That's, that's what I tell you guys to do. Anyway, so, but I've never had a problem, really. I mean, like, it's been great. It's it's way better than my experience in the United States. And the United States was oh, yeah. garbage. I mean, when I was a university student, I had to keep going to the university, uh, what is it called? Uh, I don't remember English words. Clinic. Mm -hmm. Because it was, I didn't have insurance. Because I was during, when you're, when you're a student, you don't have, you're not insured if you don't work full time. Right. Right? It's just like... Unless your parents have uh, insurance that branches down to yeah. you. Yeah. Remember what I told you about how people who can't support their kids shouldn't have a lot of kids? How many brothers? You have? Seven. I'm one of seven. Yeah. Wow. Come from poverty, my friend. Uh, let's do a fun story. So, okay. Before we get into this article, how old were you when you got your first smartphone? I was 16 because uh, I started driving and then my mom got me a, a, a smartphone that, so she could call me home. It was, that, that was the only person for it. It was, it was me coming home to watch her kids. 
What classifies as a smartphone, though? Oh, smartphone. I, I said cell phone. Oh. Smartphone. What was it? Uh, yeah, I was a little surprised that you said 16. Sorry, smartphone. I got my first smartphone when I was, I think I was 29. 29. 30. I mean, yeah, because it would, yeah, something like that. Yeah, I got my first cell phone when I was uh, 12. But I got my first smartphone, I think I was 18. How, but you're you're just turning 30 now, right? Yeah. When did the Galaxy 4 come out? <laughs> it's all talking about the Galaxy Watch 4. No, the Galaxy 4. When did this come out? Uh, while Mitch is looking this up, comment below when you got your first smartphone. Yeah. No. I remember I was in university and I, I bought my first smartphone with my own money. But it was some kind of, uh, of Android phone. I can't remember which one it was, though. The answer is Galaxy S4 came out in Wikipedia recently. You are not getting this 2013. So yeah, it's nine years ago. So I was about 30 when so I got my, my cell phone. I got my first smartphone. My smartphone. Uh, I was 18, I think. But according to this article, 51% of Japanese kids get their first smartphone at elementary school age. Now, <clears throat> that's kind of true because it's like a lot of them have those little kid phones with the alarms that go off. Yeah. And they're technically a smartphone because they have like a screen on it and they're... They put, have apps and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, but it's not really a smartphone. But I'm pretty sure like this article is talking about actual smartphones because a lot of our students at the uh, the English school, they have iPhones. Really? Well, again, we have the rich kids. Yeah. <laughs> not all of them are rich kids, yeah. but a lot of them are. But like I think those phones <laughs> that you're talking about do classify as a smartphone but they some of them also do have uh like iphones and stuff like that as well huh so 51 percent of japanese kids and on top of that 5.8 percent of uh kids get their first smartphone before elementary school so that means like they're Yo, in kindergarten. Uh, kindergarten yeah and they they have smartphones you know, I I'd believe it. I'd believe it. I mean, you can get there. They have carriers in here. So one thing that's actually really good about Japan is because it's so condensed and small. Adoption of things like 5G or whatever is very cheap compared to America. We've talked about this before. But like if you have all your population in very condensed areas, you don't have to put up that many towers. Right. Right. And so it's really easy to saturate with with Dempa and uh, radio waves. And yeah. so, so yeah, so cell phone, some of the cell phone co companies here are very cheap. Like you can, if you don't ever really call back and forth, you just use data. You can get like a cell phone for like 10 bucks a month or something like that. Yeah. So I could see it. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I think it's a good thing. Like, I think maybe some people might think like, oh, kids these days, their smartphones and whatever. But then but a lot of them are probably using it as a, as a, tr a train pass and things like that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there are a lot of things like uh, that they can be used for like train passes and also just for safety for kids. Yeah. A lot of kids in Japan, like we, we talked about the show, uh, what is it? Old Enough. Old Enough. But like... Hajimete no Otsukai, I think it's called, whatever. Like that's an extreme example where the kids are usually like two or three years old where they're doing their first quest. <laughs> their first quest in a very controlled environment yeah. with cops and like old men standing around making yeah, sure they're, they're safe. Yeah, they're in a starter zone. They're like, they're not gonna. They're in the starter zone. They're not gonna get uh, PK'd. Yeah. But anyways, like they have like tracking devices and stuff like that. So I mean, it's good. It's safe for the kids. Like 
a lot of kids they walk around they uh, a lot of our students come to the school by themselves they ride trains and stuff like that so you know i like it i since i've lived here for so long i i didn't know this but i was talking to my same age friends with kids and like when i was a kid i walked to school by myself and it was just like totally fine that apparently is not a thing in a lot of american cities these days really like it's considered unsafe but like in Japan, like the little kids, they just walk themselves to school. Yeah, everyone walks or rides a bike or, or they cross the street. They raise their hand. They raise hand. They're yeah. like, because you can't see them otherwise. Yeah, I I think that's a really good idea. Like, I'm surprised that's not a thing in like America. Dude, like, you know, when you drive in Japan, there's a oh man, this is so racist. Uh, there was drawn together. Oh yeah. There's like a scene. Oh, this is so. I'm not gonna bring it. That's yeah, too racist. Yeah, I'm let's not talk about that. But when you drive in Japan, just a lot of shits flying at you very quickly with a lot of information. You yes. gotta process a lot of shit really quickly. Yes. Okay. And so, it's if you're going to hit a person, it's really easy to hit somebody in Japan because it's. Oh, I was driving the other day and some some guy was like stuck to his phone. He was just like he was walking across on a red, mm. just reading his phone. And I just like stopped right in front of him and just like looked at him and he looked at me and looked at red and just ran. But yeah, anyway, driving in Japan is a trip, man. I don't know. I don't know. It's like there's a lot of information coming at you. But but the, but because of that, the kids are trained really, really well to always obey the traffic lights. Yeah. And so no one except for Alex walks across on red. And, and, that, that, dude, and that dude on, and the the dude on his phone. But uh, the other thing that was mentioned in the article is that like... Uh, the kids in Japan need to have uh, their own phones because almost every single kid in Japan either goes to an after-school club or they go to cram school or they go to Stapleton Eikaiwa in, in Temonkan <laughs> or yep. they go swimming classes. Like, kids are busy in Japan. Yeah, kids are very busy. That's why, they, you know, they say idle hands, something, something. Is, I forgot the phrase. De- something about... Devil, something. Yeah. Anyways, it means if you're bored, you do bad things, and that's generally how they control the kids here. Is like they just are no free time, no free time. Like they have schedules from like the time that they're born. It's, yeah, it's, it's crazy. true. It's crazy. It really is true. Like some of the our uh, student schedules are like busier than my schedule. <laughs> no, like I'll I'll talk to like people and I'll be like, hey, can we can we like hang out? And they're like, how about? three months from now on a Tuesday. I'm like, like, I got 10 minutes. (laughs) I got 10 minutes for you. Uh, Let's talk about something really serious. And then we're going to go to fun news after that. Okay. So there's two uh, articles that came out. One is from kildonews.net and the other one is from Bloomberg. And I'm going to basically summarize the two uh, articles. The, The Bloomberg article says, why is no one worried about rearming of Japan and Germany? And then the the, the Kyodo news is Japan still divided on revising war renouncing constitution survey. So let me just go over this really quick. So a little history lesson. So I don't know if you guys know this, but there was a little bit of a war about 60, 70 years ago. And, uh, and some things happened as a result of that. One of the things that happened was that the uh, constitution of this country was rewritten and it in the article nine was written into it and it says that uh that uh japan cannot have a offensive military right so it took away japan's you know ability to project force abroad it, it gave them the right to have a a uh, what is it called a defense defensive force? defense force the jietai um and so abe the former prime minister who quit because his tummy hurt um, he, I shouldn't be so mean. <laughs> I don't really like Abe. I don't really like Kashida either, but whatever. Uh, so Abe, Abe was more of a saber, saber rattling, like 
like hawkish like we need to have our own nuclear weapons we need to have our own offensive military and he was pushing for that and there was a lot of in the beginning there was a lot of like oh we don't know about that we've been peaceful forever so we don't because like japan has not done a single you know military thing since world war ii it's just been completely peaceful that entire time i mean much you can't say that about a lot of other countries right right and so the population here has never known a generation that fought a war they've all been peaceful people and then so but suddenly obviously like no we need to defend ourselves and you know the rise of china you know blah 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 you know north korea stuff like that so which by the way if you haven't seen north korea's promo video go watch it in one of our previous episodes because all the funds go to north korea because they copyright claimed us <laughs> anyway uh and so uh that was obvious stance, right kishida doesn't actually want to do that it doesn't seem he seems to be more pacifist but then ukraine happened right and like the whole world was just like holy shit like war is a thing now like we can still like like first world countries can be invaded by other first world countries right it's no longer a problem in the other region of the world thing right it became real and then so now there's like this split happening in the government and in the um in the population uh there's actually i think the communist party in japan i think has like seven seats in the diet or something like that and they're communists. They're, they want the the leader of them wants the uh, self defense force to be abolished. He doesn't even want them to have a self defense force. But even their leadership was concerned about Ukraine. This, mm. this, so everybody's starting to change their their their, their, their song on this their their stance on this guy. And then this Bloomberg article goes on to talk about how Japan and uh, and Germany Germany publicly Japan by kind of you know a roundabout way kind of like you know apologize for their actions during world war ii and then you know they've been peaceful and you know bastions of of free speech and and ideal you know uh countries i mean they really especially germany and japan i mean they're just really you know economic miracles both of them and so the world is like you guys are the good guys now because they are the team everyone good guys right and they're like well maybe you guys can you know arm again and so there's this there's this there's a split and there's there's been talk about erasing article nine and there's a survey that says 76 percent said that japan has not waged war since the end of world war ii because of article nine up nine percent points from the poll last year so there's like this split of people who want to arm and want to become more militarily uh capable and those who don't what's your take hot take time josh i mean i'm obviously maybe not obviously but i'm anti-war like i (laughs) I think everybody's anti-war right not everybody really does anybody go like yeah let's go to war i guess there are people like that i mean there are a lot of economical reasons to go to war right i mean that's why america has been in wars all the time right they a lot of people make money from war uh you mean there's that that some hands do get greased during you know wartime yeah yeah definitely i think those people are pro-war i don't know if they're pro-war i know that they're pro-spending money on war because research and development doesn't require a war just the threat of war yeah i guess that's true I, I, I hate it when people and conspiracy theorists have this like invisible hand of some force or other that's in control of everything. The world is not in control by anybody. It's a bunch of fucking chaos. That's scary. But that's the truth. Right. And so like we are all like, you know, I'm currently studying the history of the fall of Rome. 
because okay. <laughs> but like it's like 400 years to the end of Rome basically and like shit that happened 400 years ago it's just like you can see the little ripple effects that go towards this end right and nobody had control of any of that shit yeah but I mean like I think it's because of that and like other reasons as well the what's the I'm forgetting so many words today but like the 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 standard state of things the way things are the naturally norm, the, the norm I guess for the world is war and the opposite of that is like to not be at war there has to be like a reason why the world is not at war so let's talk about money for a second okay so let's debate this a little bit so we were just talking about how you know it's actually a really good place to raise your kids in japan yeah right because it's peaceful it's prosperous for the most part even though their gdp is from the 90s we can't fault them for that and you know the medical system here is really really good there's a lot of good reasons to raise your kids in japan right yeah a lot of that is because they don't have to spend a lot of money on a war machine. Yeah. Right. So if all of a sudden you turn on the war machine, you got to, you got to spend money on that. Where does that come from? Well, what are you going to cut? Right. Education. I mean, or... like think about the budget for the U S military. If you spent that on, on education, I mean, given there's a relationship with how educated your people are and how good your military is. Right. Like the smartest person I know works for a defense contractor. Right. And so like you, you you're not going to win wars by having muscle, you know saber wielding people yeah you gotta have like rockets and shit make, <laughs> lasers yeah. and stuff drones you know so i don't know i don't know it's it, for me and i said on previous shows that i think that i think that germany and japan need to start throwing their hat into this kind of thing because i think that america shouldn't have to pay so much money for this mm. and then also i think that going forward i think that we really really need to work together to kind of isolate north korea china and and russia just going forward because i just don't see those people as being good guy players long term i guess like my i should say people countries separate yeah, the, people the people from the countries yeah. like i guess my main sense is like i think it's good that japan has a defense force yeah it's actually a very capable one as well yeah and i think that's good i think if every country had a good defense force but not like so much of an offense force well and, and that was more regulated throughout the world now, now you got to ask the question about taiwan then it's like well you know if, if china's going looking at ukraine and seeing like you know america's not actually attacking straight into uh, uh nato's not actually pulled the trigger yeah. to invade i mean they give them the ukraine is a lot of weapons but they haven't actually invaded yet so china's looking at this and going maybe taiwan now and taiwan's like don't you think about it china you know and so there's this understanding that if China invades Taiwan, that's something that Japan just cannot accept and America can't accept, but they have a defense, uh, uh, what is it called? Treaty. Mm -hmm. And so that might trigger an offensive war launched from Japan. Right. And if that happens, you know, it's better to be prepared for that. That, that, because China has been looking at Taiwan for what, a hundred years, whatever it is. Right. Right. And so, yeah, I don't know. And I, I think the threat of war is bigger than the, than the actual war itself. Does that make sense? The reason why NATO hasn't destroyed all of Russia is because Russia has nukes. The right. threat of nu nuking the rest of the world has prevented them from being directly attacked. So I think that the, I think that's the key, like the, the threat, but not the actual use of the, the tech. Does that make sense? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I see this just going, I don't know. This might be like the beginning of like a history lesson that we learn about. Like, cause in Star Trek, we're supposed to be in World War Three right now. Star Trek is World War Three right now. Yeah. Yeah. The Star Trek timeline, if it's to be believed. Anyway, let's get to fun stuff. I just, anyway, that's that they're debating that now. And I think that you're going to see a, a 
broadening of Japan's military might for good or for bad, whatever. What do you got? Uh, no more neckties. Japanese prefecture abolishes necktie dress code for government employees. So uh, spring is the start of the business academic and political year in Japan. So when its organizations roll out new rules, uh, so that's when they new roll rules. out new yeah. rules. For example, Ehime Prefecture just announced a new dress code for civil servants, and it includes a very big change. No more neckties. So uh, what do you call it? Japanese offices have started the cool biz programs, which I'm actually not too familiar with, but I think it's just like they're kind of, what do you call it? Like making the dress code not so formal so that it can people can literally cool off a bit, right? Because it's... No. No? Let, me, let me explain. Let me okay. explain. Okay, cool biz. This is one of those government initiatives that looks like it's really like economic or not economic, uh, very uh, green like for the environment, but it's not. So what they, they sold cool biz on the idea that if we all, if they don't come to work in a three-piece suit in the middle of the Japanese summer, which is hell on earth, uh, then they won't have to crank up the AC so hard. And if they did that, then they wouldn't have to use so much electricity and it would be like environmentally friendly and it's good for the people because they can cool off and they can you know, move around, blah, blah, blah. That's, that's a, the thinking. But the real reason is they want it was a, it's a cost-cutting measure for the government to government facilities so they don't have to cool them. So what happens is you get a bunch of overpaid, this is where the, all the money's going to, all these overpaid, uh, uh, what are they called? Komuin, what do you call that? Uh, public officers. Okay, so all these public officers are sat in these rooms that are hot as hell during the summer. Okay, productivity is zero. They're doing nothing because they're all like on the, the verge of heat stroke. But the government is saving, you know, X millions on power. But the thing that's really costing them money, their, their workers mm. are being effectually like turned off. So it's, it's, it's I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say the R word, but it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I didn't say the R word yet. That's good. Yeah, it's progress. Progress. You're Make growing. Progress. But I mean, what do you think about uh, changing the dress code so that they don't have to wear neckties anymore? Well, I changed my own dress code and the dress code of the school. I'm like, anything is cool. Just, just don't look, you know, unkempt. Yeah. I mean, the one dress code that I think we have is basically just like come to work in a pair of pants and a t-shirt is like the minimum. No, I think the minimum is being clothed. Like, <laughs> well, cause you guys are teachers. So you got to like really like move around a lot, but yeah. But anyway, I, I agree that I think that uh formal dress code made a lot of sense back in the day when there was like classism and things like that, but it's like so blurred and gray these days. I don't really see it. If you're working in a, like a service industry job, like a hotel or something like that, I could see dress code being a thing. But if I walk into city hall and I just need papers, yeah. I don't care if they're wearing a necktie or not. You know, yeah. that's not important to me, but, but anyway, the real reason why they changed that law is because they want to turn down, they want to turn off the air conditioning entirely and save more money. That's going to just kill people. That's terrible. <laughs> right. Man, Japanese summer is the worst. Yeah. We spend, I think all the money that they, they save the whole entirety of the entire government in, the, in Japan. I think we spend about that money on our air conditioning for the summer. Cause we just like crank up all of our air, our ACs to max and just leave them running the entire time. Especially during COVID where we have to keep the windows open. Yeah. Anyway, let's, I got two more fun stories. Okay. So uh, this is kind of fun and anyway, wait, fun in a not 
fun one. Let's do the not fun one. Japan to require, no, this is fun. Japan to require listed firms to disclose female manager ratio. So all of these listed firms that are on certain, uh, uh, um, what do you call them? Exchanges now have to disclose as part of their federal disclosure, uh, annual disclosing, uh, disclosures of their, their finances and everything, how many female managers they have. Japan has lagged behind other major economies in achieving gender equality in management level posts. It ranks 120th of 156 in, in, in the overall gender gap rankings in 2021 and 117th in, the, in economic participation and opportunity, according to the World Economic Forum. So 120 out of 156. That's not great. That's not great. <laughs> that's not great. But here's the question. We have two managers at the school. What are their genders? Two managers? I I don't know who the managers are. Well, it's Kyoka and Kana, basically. Are they managers? Okay. Well, well I, I know Kyoka. Well, is, people but... in like people that make decisions, basically, right? And you got Kyoka and you got Kana. Yeah. Both right. girls. Yes. So right now, what's the ratio? Do we? Uh, I think it's still more boys in total, but I think almost half of our staff is female. If you don't count the part-time stuff, I think it's 50-50 right now. 50-50 maybe, yeah. I mean, I looked forever to find a female English teacher. Like I tried for like, I think it took me 10 years to find one. And you know, it's, 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 it's hard because there's nothing wrong with, I, I mean, I want to diversify the, the teachers because I want the kids to experience multiple different backgrounds and things like that and get used to different faces, right? Yeah. And so, um, because they, in Japan, they don't really get that exposure so much. But like uh, f- women who want to work full time in the south of Japan from Western countries, you know, where they speak English, that's oh, really hard. I mean, maybe in Tokyo and stuff like that, you can find them. It's really hard to find them here. It took yeah. me like almost a decade to find one. Well, and she's going on maternity leave. <laughs> uh, what do you know? Like, uh, you probably don't know off the top of your head, but do you know what the ratio is for programs like Jet and stuff like that? between oh, and oh so that's controlled so they they have like quotas so for jet jet because it's a it's a, a federal program here in, in japan if you guys don't know what the jet program is but it's a soft power program where the government spends uh millions of dollars to fly out a bunch of 20 year olds to japan to teach english and then like experience the country and then go back and tell all their friends how awesome japan is basically yeah uh, that's what i was supposed to do but i didn't go i didn't get the memo about going home just stayed here forever. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So they, so when you're in orientation, for example, you look around you, it's, it's pretty diverse. Okay. I was just wondering that because like, uh, most of the, uh, teachers that we get in Kagoshima are people who have like graduated from the jet program and then want to live here full time. Well, so the, what happens is that the jets go home, most of them, right? So like 99% of all jets go home. It's just, a, it's a, it's a self-selecting uh, demographic. The people who choose to stay here are generally male, right? Okay. Because it, you, you can just see this as like a, a relationship thing, really, usually. Yeah. So most of the guys that stay here usually have a girlfriend or a wife, they get married and they stay here. And then just due to cultural compatibility issues, uh, there's not a lot of women who find Japanese boyfriends. Because mm. the culture, there's just a lot of cultural imbalances and things like that, where it's, that seems to not work as well as a foreign man finding a Japanese waifu. 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 Yes. yes. <laughs> so that, that's why that happens. So you see a lot of, you see a lot of dudes here, right? Yeah. Okay. In bigger cities, it's different because you see like corporate firms bringing in foreign people and stuff like that. So it's, it's different, but definitely in smaller cities and in, in more uh, countryside places, it's, it's mostly dudes. I see. So that's that. 
Anyway, uh, let's go to the to the headline of today's story, uh, today's uh, uh, podcast. It is Studio Ghibli reveals real reason why Gigi stopped talking at the end of Kiki's delivery st- uh, service. So basically, there's like this Twitter back and forth going on with uh, some of the, c- the creators of Kiki the Witch, which was, when was this movie de- debuted? I think when I was... A it's kid, probably like twenty, more than twenty years ago, probably like thirty-five years ago. Yeah, because I remember watching this when I was a high school kid, which was in the nineties. <laughs> but anyway, so at the end of the film, Kiki, you know, becomes like you know a capable witch and blah blah blah, and then Gigi, her little pet cat, stops talking to her mm-hmm. in 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 English or Japanese or whatever in people words. Okay, right. And then here it is. It says, "So here we go. Here's a big reveal." While it's sad to see this magical phase of the relationship end, the main theme of the movie centers around growth and change. So it's natural to see the friendship between Kiki and Gigi transform into something new. The real surprise from Suzuki here is not necessarily the fact that Gigi is another self for Kiki, as this has been confirmed by Miyazaki, blah, 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 blah. But the fact that Kiki was essentially talking to herself the whole time. So Gigi is a projection of Kiki. Yeah. And when Kiki grows to be a capable witch that part of her past self is lost so Gigi was kind of acting as her conscience when she was a kid to right. guide her through things and then once she had grown up enough she didn't need that conscience to tell her what to do but she's like just capable of doing it by herself kind of thing right and so like it says it's one of the many reasons why Ghibli f- films are so uh, enchanting. It also gives us an excuse to rewatch blah 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 to see how it reads now that we know that Kiki was conversing with a meowing cat the whole time. So what was really happening in the movie is that Kiki was talking to a cat and the cat was just meowing at her, but she was projecting her part of herself con- her consciousness onto this cat, and th- that's why they were talking. So that's what happens. That's why she can't talk to uh, Gigi after becoming a witch. I see. I haven't seen that movie in a long time. Just go back and watch it. I just watched uh, Ponyo last night because it was on TV. Ponyo makes no fucking sense. Yeah, I don't like what the Ponyo. hell happens in that movie. It's a weird movie. Like if you had to like summarize that movie to somebody in like one or two sentences, you'd be like, "Fish, whale, mom." <laughs> like, like, like yeah. it doesn't make if anybody if anybody can explain to me what what the hell happens in Ponyo, like what I was watching. It feels like there should be there's probably some deeper meaning, but it's very convoluted and it's like. Okay, I think this is probably like a let's save the ocean kind of movie, but like I don't really. Why get is it. her mom a giant glowing lady in the ocean? Uh, she looks like the 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 great fairy from Zelda. Zelda. And I get this now because I'm playing Zelda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're kind of creepy in the game. <laughs> yeah, a little they're, creepy, they're a little sexual, a little sexualized. I noticed that. <laughs> they were always like that, but they were always ugly, and now they're kind of like getting to that uncanny valley. Yeah, where you're not really <laughs> sure anymore. You're like, should I? Like, I want to look away, but I keep looking. <laughs> But like, uh, uh, yeah, like, I don't know. Ghibli movies, they're hit or miss. They are like, oh, this is a masterpiece. Like if you look at Spirited Away, for example, it's mm-hmm. a masterpiece. If you look at uh, Princess Mononoke, it's a masterpiece. Right. Then you look at Ponyo, it's beautiful. But you're yeah. like, did I trip on acid the entire time I was watching this? What is this? Especially the, like, did you watch the uh, the English one? Because I think that was one of the first Miyazaki, or not Miyazaki, one of the first Studio Ghibli movies that they had in uh, American theaters. And they had a fully dubbed English version. Like, that was Spirited Away was the first one, but maybe one of the... But was that in theaters? I know yeah. that they... Oh, okay. I didn't watch it in theaters. Maybe it released in theaters. I remember D- Disney got on board with that. Yeah. And the same thing with uh, Ponyo. The the 
I think the voices for I looked this up last night, but the voices for the two main characters of Ponyo in English is like the youngest brother from the Jonas Brothers, if you know. Okay. And and Miley Cyrus's little sister. Okay. So it was like two like aspiring Disney stars are the main voices, but I don't know. The English version is like terrible. I don't watch any of Ghibli stuff in English. Like I I know there's a lot of people out here listening. Sub versus dub. Yeah, like who are listening to this podcast or watching us on YouTube who don't speak Japanese. It's just so much better to watch Japanese content in Japanese with subs. I feel the same thing with like, uh, what do you call it? English films? English films should be subbed for whatever other language instead of dubbed because you lose a lot. I guess you still lose a lot of the nuances and stuff like that, but it's like, the actors you lose yeah you kill their performance yeah Yeah. i love watching action movies at my favorite bar dubbed into english like and like they only have like four voice actors so it's always the same guy for dwayne johnson oh dubbed into japanese yeah and it's always like this osaka guy i'm just like (laughs) literally everything dubbed they use the same five people it's like it's uh it's it's terrible anyway i don't recommend you guys watch anything like dubbed it's dubbed kills whatever you're watching yeah so Anyway, but yeah, Ghibli movies especially, um, because a lot of the voice acting in Ghibli movies is just so phenomenally good, and it only really works in Japanese. One of the one of the key points I want to make about this, because we talked a little bit about war, is Grave of the Fireflies. Grave of the Fireflies. So like, uh, what's it called? Uh, what is it? Hotaru no Haka in Japanese. Um, that that movie in English dub is like I would give it like a Rotten Tomatoes like score of like twenty. You watched it. You watched it in its original Japanese with with the English subs. It's totally fine. Uh, it's like ninety nine percent masterpiece. Like it just it just takes everything away. It really does. And sometimes they change what they're saying. Yeah. Like because it won't maybe it won't fit in the time that's allotted. But subs they'll just translate mostly like what they're saying. I don't know. I don't watch anything dubbed if I can. But all Japanese people like love dubbed movies. Yeah, I mean like it is easier i think to watch something dubbed because you don't have to read it but like i don't know i like subs okay so disney plus is so magical right if you're watching a movie like let's say you're watching the movie zootopia and little little hops has got her little notebook out and she's writing something out, okay? oh i know what you're gonna if say if you yeah. t- change the language setting to like from english to japanese the content of the movie changes yeah that's really cool it changes to japanese what she's writing yeah 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 isn't that crazy yeah that used to happen on blu-rays as well oh uh, i i don't think i've ever watched a blu-ray but you know what you know treat yourself to a to a hd what are they called hd blu-ray or 4k blu-ray or whatever they're called watch a movie on that compared to a streaming service it's night and day different it's gorgeous because because they have so much more bandwidth right it's gorgeous you're, you're just like i don't want to ever watch a movie streamed again but anyway anyway so anyway that's what our show today guys uh if you guys want to comment on if you do subtitles or dub Dub, dub, dubbing, subbing or dubbing, subbing or dubbing. It sounds sexual. Uh, no, don't. <laughs> don't even go there. Uh, comment below. We love you guys' YouTube comments. Oh, weren't you going to bring up some comments? Yeah, I did want to say really quickly. Uh, I looked at the iTunes reviews for the first time in a long time. Uh, the Japanese iTunes has like 106 reviews or something like that. Uh, the English, I think maybe the American iTunes one has fewer but there were some nice comments uh on the english side of it uh i did want to say i'll give a little bit of a shout out to i'm sorry i don't know how to 
uh, say your username, but it's D-U-L-C-I-N-E-A-14-T-X, which I think is Dulcinea14Texas. They also comment from time to time on uh, YouTube as well. And they gave us a really nice review. So thank you for that. And if you want to leave a review on uh, iTunes, we would appreciate it. Give us some feedback. Even if you don't like everything that we say, let us know what you think about the show. And we will strive to make the show better for everybody. Also, uh, I know a lot of people that listen to the show are also f- fans of Tokyo Lens. I just want to put a shout out. I hung out with Mr. Dorm the other day. It was really fun to catch up with him. He's, he's doing some crazy stuff going yeah. forward like crazy yeah i saw his video about he's like becoming a pilot yeah and i was like talking to him about it and like oh he's gonna have so much cool content going forward oh man i'm jelly he's like he's everything literally taken off for that guy <laughs> love him anyway all right guys that's been our show today uh thanks to our patrons for always supporting us thanks for the comments the likes everything uh and we will see you guys next week bye, bye. a big thank you to our patrons yan myler jen Justin Perkins, and Ellen. Thank you guys so much for your support. Couldn't do it without you.